When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Tonight, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Joe Farrow on Twitter. That is at the Joe Farrow. And Anthony, guys, it's been a while since we talked, holidays and everything. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, the Nets are playing Nets basketball every other day. I have a different opinion on the team, whether it's to break it apart or winning the finals. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you're alone with that, Anthony, truthfully. Um, and I don't think it's just us three. I think it's pretty much every Nets fan in the world probably feels the same way. Yeah, it's very I frustrating. Know. I know for sure that I feel that way. It's like, it's like even when the Nets are winning, it feels at times like they're just like unwatchable. Like they're not a fun team to watch still. So it's like we have no idea still up to this point. Like now I believe we're like officially a quarter of the way into the season and we're sitting at yeah. 500. Uh, Joe, which, which they're, they're 500 for the first time since like October 21st or something, the second game of the season. Yeah. They were like, one and one. That was the last they're time. One and one. Yeah. This is the first time we're 500. So And they've had several chances to get there against pretty shit teams with like serious injuries. And, I mean, obviously, since the last time we spoke, they played Philly, which was not Philly. It was like their – I wouldn't even say it was their B team. It was like their C or D team. Like, they were missing MB, they were missing Harden, they were missing Maxi, yeah. And, and obviously, they lost. <laughs> yeah, because um, Kirk Korkmaz turned into Michael Jordan for the night. So Tobias but, Harris was uh, alphing Joe Harris. True. Yeah, Tobias Harris. I mean, yeah. It's the <laughs> NBA, like – there's players that can go off no matter if they're a starter, if they're a bench guy. Like, they're all good basketball players. If they're open and they get enough chances, a.k.a. offensive rebounds, that they're going to knock down shots. Yeah, honestly, like, just just looking at the nets, like, season has gone so far. I feel like it's like our, we had, like, four different attempts, if I, I'm not wrong. Maybe it's three, where we had to get back to 500. We just couldn't do it. And, like, I feel like the nets, honestly, have had such good injury luck for not only themselves, but, like, teams that they're playing, like, in past years, I feel like everyone always comes back against the Nets. This year, like, we got Memphis without Jackson, Morant, and Bain, and even more players, but, like, the, their big three. We had Philly without their big three and Harden, Maxie, and Embiid. We had the Lakers without LeBron. We had the, the Clippers without Kawhi. But that's, like, a different story because Kawhi doesn't play. But, um, like, I feel like every time we play someone, it's like they're depleted at least a couple guys. And it's, like... We can't take advantage. Like, the Nets should definitely be a few games over 500. Like, they definitely squandered three to four games. They should have won. 100%. Anthony, by the way, that Memphis game you're mentioning, 
with no uh, jaw. Did you hear that the Barclays Center sold out because John ja Morant was sitting on the bench? Dude, I saw that tweet. They got me so. <laughs> I don't know if that was satire or not, but no, he was being a hundred percent serious, hundred percent. I did, I did not see that. One. <clears throat> that was from Nets Nets Daily. Obviously, that was the game that Kyrie. Oh, Irving they're blocked. That's why. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I think it was like the Nets highest attendance ever, if I'm not mistaken. I don't get how that's possible, considering like they can sell out. They've sold out multiple games. I don't get it just in general I, for arenas. Like I don't get like if you sell out, like how isn't it not just consistent with like I think they out? can like they can open in people stadium. for standing rooms. Yeah, they could like open standing room only arenas and stuff like that. How was it not yeah. Kyrie's game back after COVID or like one of the Bucks or Celtic series games? Because like the Kyrie COVID one is more anticipated. I feel like because that was like. Over the majority of the season, like he didn't come back to like March. This was oh, like yeah, we a, went we went to that game. I forgot about that. Yeah, but this is like a two to three week thing where that was like a whole season thing. So I'm kind of shocked to hear that. Unless yeah. they, like you said, like opened up more standing room this year compared to last year. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, a little off topic, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to recap every game because, like we said, we are all busy with the holidays and shit. So we haven't talked in a little over a week. But I mean, what we missed. The Philly game, the Raptors game, the Pacers, the Blazers, and the Magic since we've last spoken. So then that's where one and one, one and two. So they're four and two over those games, right? Are you in that right? Three and two, I think. Three and two. The Grizzlies. Yeah, so they're three and two. Um, I mean, it's been inferior opponents for sure. Like Toronto was injured. I mean, the pace the Pacers have a squad, I'm gonna be honest with you. Everyone about the Pacers blowing it up and tanking like Halliburton's a stud. Matherin's a stud. Like, they have a buddy healed playing well. Like, they have a good team. They're not like the Pacers of last year. Um, Halliburton, I saw a stat today. I think it's like he's had 40 assists with zero turnovers at the, over the last amount of games he's played, which is insane. But, like, the Pacers are no scrubs. The Blazers didn't have Dame. The Magic are an inferior team to begin with, and then they didn't have a ton of players. So, like, to only be three and two over those games – kind of seems like a missed opportunity. you guys agree with that? For sure. 100%. And, I mean, it stays – I don't want to say it stays easy, but, like, they got the Wizards, then they got the Raptors and Celtics, and then they got the Hornets, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Wizards. So, I mean, like, they're not playing, like, the top, top-tier teams. Obviously, the Celtics are arguably the best team in the NBA again um, without Eve Mayadoka, I would like to add. So, maybe his hype was overblown a little bit. But I don't know. It just seems like there's no consistency with this group. Um, not even, not even. I'm not talking game to game. I'm not even talking quarter to quarter. You could literally go like minute by minute with the inconsistency. And this team, like my thought on them is they just make dumb basketball plays. <clears throat> and a prime example, it's like middle school shit. Like last game when. Royce O'Neal got called for the eight-second violation because he was just standing there dribbling the ball in the backcourt. And it was like Katie freaked out on him. Or I don't know. Like, I hate how Claxton hangs on the rim every single time he dunks the ball and doesn't get back on defense. Katie yelled at him a couple games ago. I don't remember what game it was. But it's like those are just dumb things that they do. Or the amount of offensive rebounds they give up. It's because they're not boxing out. Like, it's not that they're incredibly oversized when they have three guys out there that are 6'10 or taller. It's just they're all standing there. The guards don't get in the – don't rebound. There's long rebounds, and they just don't rebound the ball. I don't know. 
It seems like they just play stupid basketball. They do at times. I don't think that's really up for debate. They always find a way to fuck something up, and it's always something different too, which is the worst part. It's like as right. soon as you see them start doing something better, something gets worse in the process. Like, yeah, offensive rebounding gets better, then you can't rebound defensively. The defensive rebounding, you start, you start uh, really right. out. Nick Claxton has a career high already, eight double doubles on the season. But even with him, it's like he's either getting a double double or he's getting like four rebounds. Or yeah. Joe, it's not even like sorry to interrupt you, but it's like oh, they finally clear up the defensive boards, they don't give a ton of rebounds, and then they turn the ball over nine times in one quarter. Exactly, it's all little shit like that. Like they they they've got to start cleaning it up, and it's like I think as of recent, especially with how Ben has been playing, and he's been like much improved, obviously outside of these last two games where he ended up getting hurt. But um, I think when Ben has been playing more and actually being aggressive with the ball, like I feel like the lineups with Clax and Ben on the floor at the same time have looked much better than when Ben was just hesitant to shoot the ball. And then Nick Claxton is also uh, like a zero on offense if he's not dunking the ball. So it's like, it's like now that Ben is being more aggressive, that has cleared up the lanes a little bit. And like, it's actually giving people more room to work, but it's like the, the Nets just, they play clunky basketball. It seems it really does. They really do. Yeah, and bef- real quick, before we go on, like, a long rant, it's over these five games since we last spoke, let's very quickly run through the injury report. Um, do one of you guys want to take it? Um, I don't mind if you want me to do yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, so I guess I'll go to the biggest one of them all. Um, ben Simmons obviously left yesterday's game right before oh, halftime. Well, that's you to Watanabe is the big one, okay? <laughs> Whoa, I could argue that TJ Warren's a big one. Y'all want us to do it? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, Ben Simmons left knee soreness, I believe. I'm not sure if it's left or right, but he has general knee soreness. It's has been recurring injury all year. Um, He missed three games last time he had it, so he's already been ruled out for tomorrow's game against, uh, I think tomorrow we play Washington. No, Toronto. Washington. Toronto. So, it's Washington. It's oh, Washington. Sorry, so Washington, uh, Toronto's Friday. So he's out for that game. I, I expect to be out a few games. Yeah, Should... and real quick, with the Ben Simmons things, Jock Vaughn said after the game yesterday that he thinks it's like a amount of minutes thing that Ben's playing. I think he's played six straight games with 30-plus minutes, and Jock Vaughn believes that is why the knee soreness returned. So when Ben does come back, look for the Nets to maybe not play him in back-to-backs since the knee soreness happened in the back end of a back-to-back. Um, just want to put that out there. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna have to monitor his minutes, which kind of sucks because he's finally starting to play well. That's it for him. Uh, TJ Warren is making his debut as a Brooklyn Net. He hasn't played in almost two years since December of 2020. Really hasn't played consistent basketball since the bubble. So he'll be playing likely against the Raptors on Friday. Um, Yuta Watanabe should be available Friday as well. Corey Jacquemont, those two are both looking to suit up for that game. Obviously, things will come up in the next few days. But it's looking like they're on track for that. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, David Duke has been out the last few games. Not that he's a crazy rotation piece, but he's been out with like a non-COVID illness. Uh, I think he's questionable for tomorrow. So we'll see if he comes back or not. Even if he does, does he might not even play. But uh, <laughs> Seth Curry also played his first back-to-back of the year. So that's big. And he's looked pretty good the last few games. So that's pretty big for the Nets. It's not an injury, but on December 15th, Sean Mark should better be on the line for uh, a backup center, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I think everyone's been calling for that. And they're not even – like, if they're without Ben, I mean, Markeith Morris is going to have to play more because there's no one to really play for Claxton unless they go back to Dayron, which I don't think anyone wants to see that again. He should not play minutes. He shouldn't even be on this roster, to be completely honest. He's just a body for, like, bloods. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Waste of roster spot. Yeah. Waste of roster. I, I was just about to say that. I completely agree. Like, there's no, like, if it's like one thing to be, like, not good, and there's one thing to be, like, I, I have no basketball IQ. And, like, when it's both, it's like you don't belong in the league. Yeah, I mean, the basketball IQ thing, like, I want to touch on that again. Because the Nets aren't a young team. Like, they pretty much are a team full of veterans. I mean, obviously, Claxton's young. I mean, Cam Thomas is young, but he's not. He's kind of in and out of the rotation. Um, We'll see him be put in for, like, a little spark every once in a while now that Kyrie's come back. Um, but, like, Seth Curry, I mean, Joe Harris at this point is considered a veteran. Obviously, Kyrie, KD. I would consider Royce O'Neal a veteran. Um, Sanders, they're an older team. Yeah, so, like, I, I, it's just they play dumb basketball. 
And it's not consistently because they'll play a stretch of like, wow, like like Anthony said, like, wow, this team is their championship contender. Like they're rebounding, the ball movement, player movement, they're shooting on offense is like incredible. They're locking teams up on defense. And then it's like they'll blow a 15 point lead in four minutes. And it's like, shit, now they look horrible. And it's lack of effort for the most part and just dumb basketball. The talent is not a question at all. Do we all agree on that? Like, this is a talented enough roster, especially with the guys coming back to be considered a championship team. 100%. Like, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, I saw a video the other day of like Kyrie waving off Shockwan's play because he wanted like a screen from Ben Simmons and like just stuff like that. It's not even like, like what we're talking about now, but it's just like listening to the coach and like just doing the right things in the X's and O's. Like, they just consistently can't do that. Like I do, I do love how Jack Long immediately called the timeout. By the way, yeah, Steve Nash can never, but um, <laughs> Steve Nash, I don't yeah, remember. Like, plays where like, what are you doing? Like, there's game, there's like you said, there's moments where like the Nets ball movement looks impeccable, like the ball's just hooping, quote unquote. But Poppin'. it doesn't make sense. Hopping, hopping. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, like there's plays where it's like, what is this like? There's no one moving. It's just like a terrible shot or it's whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Steve Nash. Like the Nets are nine and five with Jock Vaughn as the head coach this year. Or it's that's, a pre- that's a pretty good win percentage. Like pace. That's a top four in the East pace. Yeah. It's a solid turnaround for sure. What were they under Nash? Two and try to do math. Two and like eleven or some shit. Oh no, nah, that's that, no. Nah, he didn't last so long. Two, two and seven. six, maybe two uh, and seven, two. somewhere around there. And Jock Vaughn for coach of the year. They were two and six because they're eleven, eleven right now. Come on, we could have done it. That's easy math. Nine plus two, like come on, we could have done that. What? Yeah, they were two and six. I'm taking the math five, six years. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, Jock Vaughn, like he was. I think he's done a pretty good job personally. Like. I think his timeouts have come quick, which is something Nash would have never done. Um, if he doesn't like something that's happening, he quickly calls a timeout. Um, like, I like the timeout when Kyrie blatantly ignored his play and, like, Jock was visibly pissed off. Like, you could tell. Um, I don't really know if defensive scheme or offensive scheme has really changed all that much, personally. Like, I still think I hate their defensive scheme of switch everything. That really hasn't changed. Um, the offense, they were starting to run it through Ben a little bit more before he got injured. Um, I don't really think that was a coaching thing. I just think Ben wasn't physically able to run an offense when he first came back. But all the other stuff, like the players are just bought into Jock Vaughn, I think. Yeah, I agree. yeah I'm on the same page as you. Um, let's kind of, I don't want to go through all these games. I mean, the magic game is fresh, obviously. Um, I think it's pathetic that it took Kevin Durant to score 45 points on like 98% shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not actually, he was 19 to 24, but insane shooting efficiency. I mean, what we watched Kevin Durant do last night was absolutely insane. <laughs> I just yeah. want to say that. Like, that was quite. He was pulling up for, like, mid-range fadeaway jump shots. There was one on the right baseline um, in the second half, and it was over Bull Bull, who's listed at, I think, like, 7-2, yeah, and it was three. nothing but net. Like, he was 19 of 24 on jump shots because very few of those buckets came in the paint. They were all mainly mid-range jump shots, which is just insane. 
he was blocking shots. I mean, he had six turnovers, which could be the only negative you could say about him. I think kind of as a whole this season, I feel like he's been turning the ball over more. But, I mean, Kevin Durant's been incredible, obviously. You really yeah. can't ask for much more than him other than, like, he did have, like, that one game where he dropped, like, 12 points. But other than that, he's only scored under 25 points one time, twice this year, Not, and that's including the – <laughs> that one 12 point game and the other game he did score 20 points. So like, he's just been consistent as consistent gets through like 20 games or so he's, he's scored 25 in like 18 of them. It's incredible. By the way, Joe, that game, I'm sorry. The game he scored 12 points, then that's one. Yeah. They beat the Raptors by 14. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. What did he said just that game? I didn't really watch that game. What you say? Wait, they get that's something I've noticed too. As as a betting man, obviously, I have been watching Kevin Durant's points very closely on many nights of Nets playing basketball. And like when you get to the second half, it's just like KD, like he just like stops taking shots a lot of times midway through like the third quarter. And it's like there's no real reason for it. And it's not like and there's like a lot of possessions where Kevin Durant isn't even touching the ball. It's just puzzling. You know what bothers me? He, like, he did, like, two or three times last two games. He gets the ball, like, a second or two left in, like, a quarter or a half at, like, full court range, and he won't take the shot, to, like, because it probably affects his field goal percentage. <laughs> that triggers me just in general players, but he did it, like, twice, so just wanted to point that out. Well, no, it triggered me because the game where he did not score tw- – where he scored 20 points, he – I was – he needed 25 points, and I would have won, like, $900. <laughs> and I thought that was my lock, dude. I was like, "Yeah, this has happened every game," and that was the only thing yeah. that he hit. Um, so yeah, that that was that was quite brutal. Uh, but yeah, and that and in that game, he had twenty he had twenty points with four minutes left in the third quarter. He just didn't score for the rest of the game. I was kind of pissed off. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I just want to go through a couple other players. Um, one thing that I've noticed, which I'm sure you guys have as well. Is Patty Mills has been phased out of the rotation. The last two games, thank God. Um, he was a DNP, which against the Blazers and the Magic. Against the Pacers, he only logged five minutes. Against the Raptors, which was the game before, he only logged six minutes. Um, I mean, he played more in the Philly game. He played 13 minutes. But he's being phased out, which was kind of expected once Seth Curry was able to do more. I mean, even against the Grizzlies, he only played six minutes. So, like, Patty's pretty much getting phased out. And I honestly don't know when he's going to play again. Like, um, I mean, Joe Harris, let's talk about him. He's been bad. Especially especially, like shooting. Like, this is – I don't have his stats up in front of me, but, like, it's been ugly. But it's bad. It is bad. Like, there's been multiple nights where he's shooting, like, one for seven, one for nine, two for 12. Like, it's brutal. He actually – so, he didn't shoot well from three against Orlando. But besides that, <laughs> he he was able to impact the game. Like, he filled in for um, Ben Simmons when he got hurt. I mean, Joe ended up having 17 points on five of 11 from the field. He was, once again, two of eight from three. So, he's still struggling from three. But he was getting to the foul line. I mean, it's just – I think it's mental. It's got to be mental, right? Joe Harris is not a bad shooter now. Yeah, no, there's no way. It's absolutely a mental thing. And, I mean, he's coming back from that ankle injury, and a lot of your shooting starts from your lower body and your legs. 
Yeah, I believe it's like around this time last year, like that he hurt his ankle. Yeah. It's like it was yeah, like jo- late November last year he hurt himself, I think. Joe is shooting 31% from three so far this year. Last year in his short stay, I mean, he didn't shoot that great in the beginning of last season either. I remember he shot 46%. The year before that, he was at 47, 43, 47, 42. So, like, Joe Harris, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but he's not going to shoot 31% from three all year. And it's not like he's getting bad looks. Like, they are wide freaking open with no one around him. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, it's got to turn around eventually, but it's like how long are the Nets going to continue to be patient when he is our most tradable contract? Or like our biggest contract asset, I guess I would say instead. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like his salary is probably like makes the most sense as a trade filler to get someone meaningful. Like other than Patty Mills, which I just don't think is like a positive asset for anybody, unless like maybe like the Lakers if they even had anything for us just because they need shooting that bad. But like it, it, if he doesn't start playing well, I would not be shocked to see his name floated around because if it has if it has already been and like to be quite frankly honest, if he's shooting like that, Royce O'Neal is more valuable for this team. Hundred percent. Yep, Royce has been shooting the ball well, actually. His defense has been a little suspect, mainly because he's been asked to guard like guards, and that's not really his strength. But he's been shooting yeah. the ball well. Fun fact, Royce O'Neal is third in the NBA in minutes played. Yeah, and Kevin Durant's first. I got that just for myself. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, I mean, I... Real quick to end up this Joe Harris discussion, I still think the Nets' most tradable package is Joe Harris, Cam Thomas, and that Philly first-round pick. Yep. And, I mean, I think a lot to do with if Joe Harris is moved is how T.J. Warren looks when he comes back. If he's even 70% of bubble T.J. Warren, like, Joe Harris is expendable. 70% of bubble T.J. Warren is the best player in the entire NBA. I think <laughs> that package I, was a couple guys I'd target. Probably Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, <laughs> Luka Doncic. <laughs> no, man. We word, on the street is, wants to, word on the street is Steph wants out of Golden State and he wants to play with his brother. Yep. <laughs> right, According to my sources. And there will, to, that's another lethal shooter like Joe Harris in return. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, take, like, uh, that was a bad comparison, actually. I was going to say something stupid. Um, Could it be any stupider than what I just said? I was going to say Draymond Green. Um, trying to think. Who would be a good package for that? I don't know. I mean, the easy answer is just go back to fucking Miles Turner. Enough. <laughs> like, enough, I... enough. Miles Turner is banned from this podcast until he's a Brooklyn Net. <laughs> That that's the way I see it. All right, now. fine, fine, fine. Aaron Gordon. Oh my God, that's a <laughs> one. <laughs> Happy Denver. Um, give, give, give us Jeff Green and Bruce Brown back. Mm-hmm. For, back. Are you talking for the Joe Harris package? I was kidding. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just no. I, I mean, like, hello. I still hello. think like a a Mo Bamba. If he's yeah, healthy. Really, the one that would make a lot of sense. That's, I mean, they have a crowded front court over there in Orlando. That's way yeah. too much Mo Bamba, though. It's like, just though, like, ah, everyone says that, but I mean, Joe Harris has been playing like shit. He's coming back from a major ankle injury. So, Joe Harris 
is I would say he's a negative contract right now, truthfully. Yeah. I was going to say like DeAndre Ian. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Remember that like two weeks been when the Nets were the favorite for DeAndre Ayton's next team? That was pretty fun. That, that was like KD was going to Phoenix. Yep. Who was? Uh, I I think I, I'm pretty sure. First off, money wise, Harris Thomas and a first does not work for Bamba unless Orlando's severely under the cap. Harris Sharp and a first for Bamba. It's fine. That I would do. Anthony will trade. And he will accept any trade to get Dayron Sharp off the Nets. Kevin Durant for like a fifth or second round draft pick. Like, yeah, you can have him. No, 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 no. I'll keep. As long as you take Dayron. It's TLC and DeAndre Jordan. Those And Javon. <laughs> I hate Javon Carter, by the way. He dropped Bro, a the week. Get the fuck out of here. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, that Javon. got me sick. Yeah, and then, KD, and then KD stole Javon Carter's line. You guys see And he that? imitated him. <laughs> Why has Javon Carter been like a good NBA player on every team but the Nets? Like, Steve Nash coaching, I guess. They can use his point of attack defense right now. Yeah. Well, how about John Collins? Hey, remember when we were in the rumors about him too? That was fun. John Collins would not be a horrible fit. I don't love the John Collins, to be honest. I'd rather, I mean, I don't think it's, I'd rather have one. I'd rather, than John I'd rather a true five. But I'd also rather bomb Bomba than John Collins personally. Yeah. Let's see the ESPN trade machine. <laughs> Here we go. Do you think John Collins would been so like John Collins would be a longer term thing, I believe. And I don't know if he's a good pairing next to Ben Simmons. Which a good point. I mean, I don't That's know the if whole reason Simmons... why Collins is on the block because they don't it's the old DeJounte Murray fit in Atlanta. Correct. Like and like, like uh, next to Capella as well. So it's like I can't add Obama because he just signed. That's annoying. They'd have to wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ah, the thing with John Collins, like Ben Simmons, I mean, he's definitely looked a lot better. I wouldn't say he's fully back to what he was, but he's 75, 80% of the way there. He still doesn't look as explosive. Um, But, like, I don't know if he's the future of the Nets. Like, who the hell knows what the future of the Nets is? I don't even know what they'll look like tomorrow. But he's got to be in consideration of the future of the Nets. Like, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, uh, I don't think they're really considered the future of the Nets. <laughs> Joe Harris and Cam Thomas for John Collins works in the NBA trade machine. The Brooklyn Nets would gain three yeah. wins, according to John Hollander. Over <laughs> <laughs> the over 500. <laughs> yeah, the Nets true. 14 and 11. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate it. I just I just don't know about the fit personally. And I he's undersized. So what's he gonna be? He's gonna be the five. Yeah. Personally, I think Cam Thomas from Obama is fair. Uh, we would probably have to be Cam Thomas in a first, but the salary I don't think would match because he just signed. That's why Joe Harris would have to be in there. How much I think Bamba's only. I think Bamba's only on like an eight million dollar contract or something, or ten million off the top of my head. So he maybe a Patty years. Patty Mills. And a Cam Thomas? I doubt they would take Patty, honestly. You'd have to throw in a you'd have to throw in a pick. And honestly, no matter how much Patty's gonna play, I don't know if Sean Marks has the balls to trade Patty Mills. He doesn't. He really should. I highly doubt he does. Well then Sean Marks can talk to me. (laughs) What are you gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sean Marks kidnapped. We have our prime suspect. Speaking of uh, Patty Mills, this makes me think of Bruce Brown. 
Did you guys see what Bruce Brown said the other day? Yeah. I think it was yesterday. He was uh, like, I have it up, have it up on my phone. <laughs> so from Mike Singer of the Denver Post, um, this is how the interview went. Bruce Brown said, I'm doing things people said I couldn't do. Mike Singer said, like what? Bruce Brown said, be a guard. He was then asked, are you talking to Brooklyn? And Bruce Brown responded, I'm talking to everyone who thought I couldn't play as a guard. That's to a lot of GMs in the NBA. So that's directly impacting his contract negotiation. Like the target his contract offers. Really should have money. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying like, I think the whole thing is like, for some reason, people thought Gary Payton, the second, could play as a guard, but Bruce Brown couldn't. But they're like literally like the same player, just like copy and paste of each other. <laughs> really weird. Bruce Brown is the, one of the, my favorite role players of all time. Yeah, I think he might be. I mean, oof. I mean, Jeff Green, up, uh, Jeff, Jeff Green and Bruce Brown probably are the two for me. Those are Yuda's up there now, too, though. <laughs> yeah, Yuda's climbing the rankings, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure and soon, and we will soon be welcoming welcoming TJ Warren to that club. <laughs> I feel like he's not like a fan favorite guy. I feel like he's just gonna be like a softball player, or he'll just never never play again and get hurt again. <laughs> Damn it, Anthony! You had to go there. Yeah, saying <laughs> that is that okay? What's more likely? I'm just saying. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's temper expectations. Is what I'm saying. He could, no, we go all in on our expectations here. Yeah, I expect him to score 30 points Friday night. It'll be the bubble game. The Nets will not. The Nets will keep his bird rights. He'll be the next <laughs> Finals MVP. Yes, I like this better. <laughs> all right, let's pre- let's real quick before we wrap up preview the Wizards game tomorrow. So on the injury report, the Wizards have Rui Hachimara is ruled out. The Nets will be without TJ Warren, Ben Simmons, Yuta Watanabe, Alondis Williams, and David Duke Jr. is day-to-day. First question for you guys. With no Ben Simmons, is Joe Harris the starter? Uh, so is Roy Fox and Katie Kyrie the other four? It's Yuta back. Yuta's back, right? No, <laughs> no, Utah is out. Utah, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren are all out. I mean, I so Ro- it would be Royce, Claxton, Katie, Kyrie. Yep, and then who's the fifth? Yeah. Probably Joe. I think it's going to be Joe. I think Probably. I think they're going to keep Seth coming off the bench. You can't really play Seth with Kyrie at the same time. Yeah. That's, I kind of I agree with that. I don't like when they play together. I think closing the game is fine. Um. But I don't know. It's it's a tough pairing because they're both very undersized. To be honest, the roster construction is kind of gross because, like, we talk about the same thing with, with like Simmons and Claxton, and it's like you really shouldn't have this many like clunks in your rotation where like guys can't play with one another. Like one combo is fine, but we have like three different combos. I feel like where it's like can't do that, can't do that, and then you have like yeah. three of your like versatile guys out. It just really impacts rotations. Yeah, I mean. I think TJ Warren being back, if he can stay healthy, being a bigger body, he's what? He's like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, I think is what he's listed at. I think he's like 6'9", yeah. I think he's 6'8", or 6'9". Yeah, so I don't know. And I, I kind of agree with what Joe was saying. I think that Ben and Claxton were definitely better recently together. You can do it in short stints. It's just like – yeah. Like you, you just need to like, like diversify it. Like it'd just be so much more effective if you just split up their minutes more. 
I mean, like, I don't want to beat this horse, but you know what I mean. I think they, I think at one point there was a lineup where it was Seth, Joe, KD, Ben, and Clax with uh, KD. KD, I mean, Ben was the main ball handler and like he was being really aggressive in that stink because like everything was wide the hell open. And like, I mean, and obviously Clax is still in like that mid range, low post area, but like Ben was being aggressive because there's other, all the other three defenders are all the way out. And like, as like, then you have to pay more attention to Ben as well when when he's being aggressive the way he was the way he has been before these previous two games where what was it not the game where he got hurt the game before i forget who it was against he took i like when like we're we're going against big teams yes and like he but like ben took three shots in the first five minutes and then didn't take another one for the rest of the game and then then like it was just like what the hell happened he was good for like six games or so and then he gets hurt early in the following game so like if we're we have Milwaukee, and they have like Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Middleton. I like throwing Claxton, Ben Simmons, Katie, like that kind of size at them because it like it might work. Yeah, and Royce, right? Royce, Utah. We'll have Warren. I mean, I don't think the roster construction is terrible. Personally, I they they need a stretch big. Is what I'll say. That's the yeah, it's, it's just tweak. It's just that, and like, and then like maybe scared of pettiness. <laughs> I think that's wishful thinking. Um. Next question I have for you guys. So, obviously, Ben Simmons is not playing. He's kind of served as the backup big when Claxton takes a break. Do you think the Nets are going to play super small with maybe, like, KD playing the five at some points next to, like, Royce? Um, Do you think we're going to see Dayron? Do you think we're going to see Markeith? Do you think we're going to see a little of all of it? You have no idea. I think Markeith is a more likely option than Dayron, and I feel like KD can play the five at points in this game because I don't think you're really too worried about Kristaps uh, Porzingis really, like, demolishing Kevin Durant, like, down low. Right. That was my thinking as well. So, like, I think I think this is a game where you definitely can put uh, – because, I mean, their two biggest guys are going to be Porzingis and Kuzma, right? And that's that's a matchup that's perfectly fine for KD and Royce to take. So I think they'll be fine if they do it like that. And then you throw in some Markeith minutes and you'll be perfectly fine. I agree. Yeah. Um, guard rotation. So, I mean, there's still some minutes to fill. Do we think we're going to see more of Cam Thomas, more of Edmund Sumner? Maybe we'll get some Patty Mills minutes? No, cut Patty Mills minutes. Cut <laughs> Sumner's minutes. Give me Cam Thomas. Give me Seth Curry. Give me Kyrie Irving. Yeah, because I mean, last game the Nets ran a four-man or sorry, a nine-man rotation, and I mean Sumner was part of that rotation. He only played seven minutes. Yeah, they if Ben's out early, if if Ben's out of that, that's only an eight-man rotation, pretty much a seven. Because I mean, Cam Thomas only played ten minutes himself, so it's a short rotation. I mean, it's gonna have to get expanded somehow. Yeah, I think a little bit of all three, but like I think Cam leads the way, and then like a little bit of Sumner, maybe Mills for like eight minutes. Yeah, all right. I mean, we kind of stopped keeping track of our pick just because we've been busy. But are the Nets winning tomorrow, guys? Haven't been here in forever. That's why Nets will win tomorrow. Joe, Nets are gonna lose tomorrow. Jeez. (laughs) The game's at home. I'm going with the Nets win as well. I agree with Anthony, but undefeated homestand. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention, real quick? Oh, wait, 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 wait. We got to mention the Whammy stat. Did you guys see this? I did not. Shout out, Mr. Whammy. 
the Brooklyn Nets at home have the lowest opponent free throw percentage in the NBA. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I did not see that. 70.3%. Philadelphia is second with 73.8%. And then Denver is 74.8%. But road teams coming to Brooklyn, Mr. Whammy is forcing misses. Give credit to Mr. Whammy. Round of applause to you, my friend. We love Whammy around here. Absolute legend. Whammy is a legend. Um, all right. I think that's a perfect spot to end with a Nets legend with Mr. Whammy. So thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Anthony, Joe, and Cody. The Nets play at home again tomorrow against the Washington Wizards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.